0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org party today. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Rev. Dan Beckett here with co-host Rev. Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth on your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey.
1: We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash spirit of recovery.
0: Today's episode is titled, It Works If You Work It. Many gifts of addiction recovery come to us when we're willing to work for them. Part of that work is facing the wreckage of our past. To do so, we must combine right intention with the guidance of a trusted advisor in order to get real results. We must, quote, do the work. But how do we go about doing this work? Today, we wanna share our experience, strength and hope on finding our way from complacency to freedom through the willingness to do the work.
1: Yes. So I was thinking about that. Like, how do we know what is the work that we need to do? Like, you know, there's not an assignment book. How do we know what? And then I started thinking, like, I, I don't think over all my years of recovery that I've ever wondered what I should work on next. Like, life just has a way if we're paying attention, and we're walking up, you know, a path of recovery, life has a way of showing us what we need to work on next now for me it usually comes in the form of deep emotional pain (laughs) like pain I mean that's just my reality is that you know pain has been a motivator for me in recovery it's like why did I do all the work that I've done because I was in pain emotionally over something happening in my life. And I wanted to not be in that excruciating pain anymore. It's not like I said, let me dig up all this horrific stuff in my psyche and in my childhood and everything just for the fun of it. No, I did it because it was the only way to get out of that pain and to and to create a life that, that was worth living. Do you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. that motivator has always been there for me. Um, And I didn't have to know what it was I needed to work on next because life just kept showing me, you know, like if we're engaged in life and we're halfway awake and aware, it's not a question of what we need to work on next. It's whatever is currently coming up for us. But that requires us to be, to have a certain level of um, consciousness and awareness of what's going on, right? So, you know, uh, relationships for me have been a huge, you know, uh, a huge um, a source of material to work on, you know, um, from the beginning of recovery, it's like, you know, it just you know, my issues that I had in relationships just kept bringing up more and more things for me to work on. And I would be in pain because of a relationship that wasn't working or was ending. And so I was quite motivated to do the work that I needed to do to, to feel better, you know? So I, I hope others don't have to get in as much pain to be able to, um, do the work that needs to be done. But I think that pain is a legitimate motivator because it shows us what's not working and it shows us where, really, it shows us where the deep healing needs to be done. You know, if we're in pain, it's because there's some real core stuff that's getting touched. And um, the more we can go straight to the heart of it and get to work at those real core things, the more. Um, relief we're going to get, and the more growth we're going to have, and we're going to really start to see those gifts of recovery that you talked about in the um, introduction.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I think about willingness to do the work, what comes to mind first is sort of the opposite of that. Like, how did I get in this situation anyway, where I find myself in a an addiction recovery program? And um, one of the reasons One of the reasons is because of the complacency that I think I generally had in my life pre-recovery. So mm. one of the many gifts of recovery for me was a sort of a wake-up call that like, you know, you cannot keep kicking these cans down the road forever. At some point, it's going to come back and bite me, which it did. So, yeah. I mean, specifically my uh, my addiction, addictive behavior and my addiction grew to the point where... Uh, It couldn't be avoided anymore, but I was, you know, generally pretty good at avoiding things. I would avoid anything that could be avoided, you know, within reason, I'd still, you know, make my house payment and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, you know, there were lots of things that were not getting done. And I I didn't, I didn't have this kind of strong willingness to get right on something. You Mm -hmm. know, my attitude was, if I don't have to do it right now, I won't do it right now. And that's, you know, that's not a bad tool to have in our toolbox, if you will, because, uh, you know, the opposite of that is if I run around feeling like I have to do everything right now, that's also not helpful. But I was erring on the side of not taking care of things is probably the best way to put it. Car repairs getting put off until they became a big problem. You know, maintenance on, on the house not getting done just because I wanted to do it later. You know, it's just straight up procrastination and i used to joke and there's a there's a subtle balance here i said oh i'm not lazy i'm just efficient right (laughs) what's the difference well the difference is in intention and the difference is in what effect is it having on our life yeah that's one of the definitions of addiction like how do i know if i just you know am i just the kind of person that Likes to unwind after work and, you know, have a couple of beers and da-da-da-da-da. Or is this a problem? Well, one of the reasons that we can tell the difference between those two is well, what effect is it having on my life? What effect is it having on the people in my life? Am I continuing to drink at the level I was drinking, even though I could see it was creating problems and I knew that it was creating problems? Well, the answer is yes. I did keep doing that. That's what addiction is. Right. So there's a balance to be had there, but, you know, willingness to do the work begins for me with recognizing uh, the, you know, my old habits of mind, if you will, where I was really not willing to do what needed to be done. Yeah, so I
1: had talked a lot about pain being a motivator. I also want to talk about these gifts of addiction recovery and the freedom. You also mentioned freedom that we experience can also be a motivator, right? So, um, you know, and and this ties into this concept of complacency of how we were complacent before. And it's basically like, The extent to which we work the program is the extent to which we will receive the gifts, right? The extent to which we do the work that needs to be done is the extent to which we will experience a new freedom and a new happiness. So, what happens is we start to do some of the work and we start to get some relief. And we start to experience some of that freedom and happiness that we've never experienced before. Because this type of happiness is different, right? It's not like happy, happy. It's like, I like that word freedom. It's happiness tinged with freedom. It's like, wow, I'm not bound to this thing anymore. You experience a lightness and just a release. And once you start to get that feeling, you're like, wow, I want more of this, right? I mean, I know I did, you know, that feels good. That feels a lot better than some of the stuff I was feeling before. Yeah. And so that can also be a real motivation against complacency is like, you know, I want to get more of that good stuff. And that's also one of the reasons it's important that we go to meetings and see folks who are farther down the recovery path than us, because they show us what's possible. They show us, you know, hopefully we're looking at people who are living happy, joyous, and free. And we want what they have. We want some of that. Right. And so that works as a motivator to us. Like the more and, and it's a real um it's a good deal because what you put into the recovery work you get back pretty quickly. It pays dividends pretty quickly, you know. Um, every you know, thing that we're holding on to that we release every old, you know, unhealthy habit that wasn't serving us that we, that we let go of, I mean, we immediately we get results, we get good results, we start to feel a sense of what's possible and um, a lightness, you know, a a lifting of a cloud, some of this heaviness that maybe we carried for years and years and years, and we start to feel some relief from that. And to me, that's, real motivating, you know, to want to do the work. Um, Yeah, so that's what I wanted to say about that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. When I think about, uh, you know, when I became willing to do the work, or I should say when I became willing to learn what it meant to do the work, and I suppose um, every step along the way, we make a decision. So I could say I made the decision to do the work, uh, when I became aware of what it was, the, one of the first things that it means to me, willingness to do the work means simply suiting up and showing up, like we yeah. say, suit up and show up. It's so very simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think sort of pre-recovery in my life, I would really be uncomfortable showing up in a, you know, in a group setting like a recovery community meeting or whatever. If I didn't know like, who's going to be there, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? I just sort yep. of had this. And that, a lot of that's just me being an introvert, right? That's common among introverts. But when my sanity and my life were on the line, when I got into recovery, I became willing to suit up and show up. And like you said, learning from other people seeing people that have been at this recovery thing longer than I had been and to realize, wow, you know, I really admire the life that I'm hearing that they're sharing about what, what they have. And I, and I admire the work that they've done and mm-hmm. and their honesty or whatever the qualities about somebody who is sort of deeply integrated into a recovery way of living. I admire that. It's like, I want to yeah. be like that. Too, so let me just keep suiting up and showing up and seeing what's going on. I also realized now, so at first, everybody was further down the road than me, right? When I first started showing up, but after some time, I began to realize sort of the gift of the newcomer as well. Because a newcomer would come in and I'd be like, Man, I forgot I was just like that, yeah, two years, three years, five years ago, whatever it is, I -hmm. was just like that, and man, I. A, I do not want to go back. Thank you for the reminder of exactly how sick I was and exactly where my head was and where my spirit was Mm -hmm. at the time. So I learned from new people as well as from people who have been around a long time. All of it simply serves to keep me coming back and remind me what's important. And what's important mm-hmm. is to show up, be yeah. a part of the group and do the work that, like you said, that's presented right in front of me. It's always right yeah. in front of my
1: Yes, it face. is.
0: Once I learned to see it and stop trying to see past it, mm-hmm. um, then it, it became, um, it at least became clear what to do. I don't want to say it became easy because I still had to yeah. do the work and it wasn't easy, but it became very clear what it is that I needed to do.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking like this, this way of living, of like living with rigorous honesty, you know, admitting our errors, making amends, you know, being in conscious contact with a power greater than ourselves, all the, the various pieces of what recovery looks like. It's, it's a different way to live. And not a lot of people out there are living this way, which is why we need the group. You know, the group is so important. It's literally a support group of other people who are trying to live in, frankly, a really, I think, extraordinary way. You know, I mean, look at a bunch of, you know, addicts, drunks, whatever, getting together, trying to live life with integrity, with honesty. I mean, that's extraordinary. And it's it's going against the sort of, you know, current of our culture to live that way, right? So we need to be in a supportive group of others who are also trying. It's just like a church, you know, in in a church, people are trying to live in a spiritual way or live according to certain spiritual principles. You've got to surround yourself with other people who are also trying to live that way, or it will be very hard to hang on to, you know, because this is just not what most folks are doing. And so um, what you were saying about suiting up and showing up and really finding a home group, you know, that really feels supportive to us with people that we can relate to and um, people that have more sobriety than us, that have done more of the work than we have so that we can have that guidance and that model. And, you know, hopefully finding a sponsor, someone to guide us through some of this work that that has been through similar things that we can relate to in some way um it's also important because it's not it's not that it's a hard path it's just that it's an extraordinary path it's not the usual path of most people um and it and it is challenging no doubt but we really have to um we have to, you know, it's a group deal. We cannot recover in isolation. You can stay clean and sober in isolation, but staying clean and sober is not the thing, is not the same thing as as growing and transforming through these steps. That's a whole different deal. And so we really need that, um, you know, that guidance of others. And, and also other people also reflect things back to us that help us know where we need to work next. <laughs> if you stay in yeah. relationship with people, you will be given your next assignment. I mean, I'm given assignments all the time. It's like, why is this person pissing me off? Well... <laughs> that's where I need to work you know I mean it's yeah. it's there's never I'm never wondering like what's up next because it's just always something you know something is always being presented to me that's like the next step in my spiritual growth
0: I've heard generally in the it. form
1: of people that irritate me <laughs>
0: well of course I was going to say every time I talk about forgiveness which is rooted in resentments I'm like it's let's just say it's always people nobody okay. has a resentments against a squirrel or a rock no it's always a person
1: yep
0: um i'm remembering uh, what was shared with me by a teacher at some point uh, who said if you want a small enlightenment go to the mountaintop if you want a big enlightenment go to the city
1: yes because
0: it's easy to be enlightened on a mountaintop if you're alone but the moment that we get into uh interaction with other people that's when the issues begin to come up uh, more strongly for, us, you know, yeah. can I
1: just butt in there for a second? Yeah. That's what I love about, you know, there's so many different spiritual paths, and we are unity ministers. And so, you know, in unity, our way shower is Jesus. And that's what I love about Jesus's teaching is they're always embedded in relationship. Absolutely. Jesus was always surrounded by people. He was not sitting in a cave. Now he would go off for short periods of time by himself to restore himself and pray and et cetera, but he was in relationship with people. Yeah. He was dealing with this group of disciples that, you know, were having all of their own interpersonal issues and they didn't understand what he was talking about it. And, and so all of his teachings are all about Dealing with other people they're not about sitting in a room alone by ourselves trying to figure things out no they are all about how to live with others so that's why they're so just our team jesus here
0: yeah i really appreciate that jesus was not all up in his head you know by himself in a room figuring out like hypothetically how everything is he was out in the world among people demonstrating living embodying what it means to live what I've yes. come to call a god-centered life and yeah. what an amazing and wonderful example that we yes. have. I'm really glad that you said that. I'm also glad that you mentioned about step work cuz uh, you know another part of of it for me a big part of it for me is what when I say well what does willingness to do the work look like? It means willingness to follow the steps. You know, we have their suggestions, yes. But we have a prescribed path forward, and so one answer to well, what is my work to do? Is what step are you on? Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a sponsor? Get one if I if I don't. Um, I I learned early on it was important to have a home group for all of the reasons that we've talked about. Very important. So I got a home group. When I have a sponsor, it's important to do the step work with that sponsor. To call them when they say, when I say I will call them when we agreed. To read the. Part of the book that I said I would read before the next time we talk, you know, to have some accountability mm-hmm, and some yeah. willingness to show up and not just like the idea of doing the step work, but to actually do the step work. And it's not very hard because it is really spelled out. So yeah. between the literature and a sponsor who is further down the path than I was, it's it's not like it's a big mystery. What's my no. mystery is am I willing to actually do it or not yeah so become willing to get on the path put one foot in front of the other and and uh do the step work basically
1: yeah and you know what i want to say about that too if you're attending meetings and you're maybe not feeling really a part of or you want to feel more connected to the program do some step work and yeah. you will immediately feel like you are suddenly connected to millions of people around the world that are doing this same work and you will feel i mean that happened to me you know i just remember when i started actually doing some step work with my sponsor and then i would go to meetings and i'd be like oh yeah that's what they're talking like i just because i had actually put some skin in the game you know i had actually Done some of the actual literal pen to paper work, you know, and I started feeling more a part of, and I started feeling more connected to this program that so many people have recovered with. And it's just that was a real, um, that was a real key part to me beginning to feel more a part of was actually doing the actual step work,
0: yeah, getting involved because I would be very, very happy if I could recover successfully as an observer. If right. I could just like read it and <laughs> say, okay, I see what you people need to do. You know, yeah. I get it. It makes sense to me. And if that would magically make me sober, well, it didn't. I had to do just what you're saying. I had to get involved, which is like the last thing that I wanted to do. But fortunately, you know, the gift of desperation was strong in me. And I realized early on Uh, my old, my comfortable ways, my old ways of being in the world are not going to work here. I'm going to need to be willing to show up in a different way. And fortunately the program and the wonderful people that I met really made it easy to do and literally like i said it just does start with suit up and show up if you don't know anything else just show up at a meeting sit down and listen that's all you got to do and that may be what you do for a while
1: right it's okay if that's all you do for a while yep
0: that's fine you've done very well yeah if we if we go to sleep uh that night not having taken a drink or whatever it is that our addiction is then then we win for that day
1: Yep, and now, what do we? How do? How does the? Um, how does the wisdom and the knowledge come to us? It seeps up through.
0: <laughs> through osmosis. There we go. From putting our butts in the seat, I love that. I laugh so asmosis. hard when I first heard that. I still laugh every time I hear it. Thank you for but, that reminder. And it's
1: funny as heck, but what that really means is that suiting up and showing up is not just nothing. That's a big deal. And if it all is. you do is show up to a bunch of meetings in a row for an extended period of time, it will start to work yes, on you.
0: You have done it well, will. I yep. would say. Yep. If, if that's all that we do, we are doing well. That's well, right. it's time for our recovery in a nutshell. This is when we try to summarize the pieces of all that we have shared that we found most helpful as if uh, if we had uh, one minute to quickly express our main uh points or advice yeah. or whatever it is that we've learned that's been most helpful so Reverend Michelle if someone came to you and said hey I, I think I'm willing to do to work I think I'm willing to work for my sobriety but what exactly do I need to do what would you say
1: well just what we said suiting up and showing up you know putting your butt in the chair and maybe wearing clothes that are, more permeable so it can soak up more easily i don't know but um just you know just suiting up and showing up and being willing to do the next indicated thing you know um you'll hear do the next right thing we like to say do the next indicated thing um meaning that we just do what's in front of us you know life is not you're not gonna need to wonder what to do if you're paying attention and you're halfway awake, at least, um, and you're open and willing, the next indicated thing will always be presented to you at the right time. So you don't have to figure out what to do next. But we always like to reiterate, go to meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps, get a small service commitment, make coffee, say hi to a newcomer. You know, those are the things that are tried and true that, that really seem to work.
0: Yeah. And that's basically my answer. What I jotted down was, uh, it's just like follow the conventional wisdom. This is nothing new. I There's nothing new I could say about it. All I can do is repeat what I heard and say, yeah, this actually did work for me. And it worked for all the people that shared it with me. Number one, suit up and show up. We already talked about that. Join a home group, get a sponsor and work the steps. If that it, It's really that simple. Yep. I love the phrase that we kind of boil all this down. I've heard it put this way: trust God, clean house, help others, repeat.
1: Period. End and of story. repeat.
0: That's all that we need to do.
1: Yep, and keep it simple. Keep yep. it simple and stay one day at a time. I mean, these slogans, they have real purpose. Yep. Um, we don't want to get too crazy and get out ahead of ourselves. We just want to do the next thing that seems to be the right indicated thing to do.
0: And showing up, I'm constantly reminded of all those exact important things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Easy. I
0: don't even have to remember them. I just show up again and there they are.
1: And if you don't know what to do at any given time, which is unlikely to happen, but if it does happen, just go to a meeting and say hi to a newcomer and maybe, you know, put a chair away or something yep. boom you're done for the day that's good <laughs> don't drink don't pick up a don't like pick it. up whatever your addiction and is. if it's
0: the middle of the night open your literature and just start reading a random paragraph
1: yeah that'll work too all righty well as always we would like to give you an affirmation for today and it is this trusting god i do what is mine to do and i am free
0: oh i like that yes trusting god I do what is mine to do, and I am free. Yeah. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery. At least we like to think of it that way. And we are grateful that you have. We hope you found something in all of our chattering today that you find genuinely helpful. And we bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey.
1: And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Recovery.
1: We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope that you'll join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host.
0: And whatever you do, please don't drink like my (laughs) co-host.
1: Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week.